Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello, everybody. Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. I'm your host, Kyle. Joining me today in the China shop is Eric from ES Invests, as is tradition. You're listening to our midweek update where we look at key news stories, discuss trade ideas, or just shoot the shit, depending on how the mood strikes us. Now, if you'd like to reach out with any suggestions, corrections, or trade ideas you'd like us to look at, you can do that via email at twobulls at financialineptitude.com. You can join our free Discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. Now that we got all that out of the way, Eric, how are you doing today, man? Great. I've been listening to a lot of little dickies, so little dick- my, my days little- have been little dicky he's a rapper but it's all his rap is like is super funny stuff like none of it is like turn up my headphones or no that's fisticuffs i don't know that one that's dave Chappelle. (laughs) yeah but yeah little dicky he's he's hilarious it's super creative it's funny as hell he has a song called saving that money that yeah it has Six million views on it or whatever, but essentially he makes a really crazy rap video. But the whole premise is he spends zero dollars. Oh. So he's like asking people, he's like literally going around asking people to use their yachts. He gets like a Lamborghini to borrow for the music video. He crashes T Pain's music video to use his set. So oh, he can do awesome. it all for zero dollars. Yeah, dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> so it's it really is so good. And he he taught, yeah, it's everything that you would expect. Super good. You ever listen to what's the guy Reggie Watts? You ever heard of him? No. He does some really wild, just random shit. I think he's more of a comedian. Does a lot of like beatboxing and stuff, like where you use like the little looper thing and you like create a song like out of scratch. But he's he's got one that I always love, just talking about words and adjectives. <laughs> you don't see, you don't hear gerunds very often in a rap song. <laughs> I'm also a nerd. <laughs> What you been doing this week, man? Uh, I remember last time we talked about your IWM, you had some puts out there. I was curious. Um, I don't remember when you said the expiration date was, but I was wondering if you got to sign those or if you're still holding them. Yeah. Um, so in, I'm sorry, which, which position did you say? The IWM? I think you, oh, you yeah, sold okay. some calls, I think, right? Did you sold calls or puts? Yeah. So 
I had in the money calls, those yeah. got ca called away. Yep. And then I have some uh, new short puts that I sent out, but those are not in the money. Those are at 181. So they were temporarily underwater, but I sold those on 20 June and those expire 3 July. So those still have a little time left on the books. And yeah, that's still a pretty like really light offering for the coverage strangle. I mm -hmm. kind of specifically am um, keeping keeping the position tight just because implied volatility is still like really low. I imply volatility percentile specifically. Yeah. So yeah, I like to maintain exposure when I can. Uh, but yeah, otherwise not, not offering a whole lot here. Well, what else are you uh, trading this week? Um, I have on a handful of positions. Um, Right now, I'm still working in Apple ratio call diagonal, which I think we've talked about before, but that's been, that's just been working obviously beautifully. It's been in a parabolic yeah. raise up since I entered on the 10th of May. So oh yeah, nice. I'm just, Pick up there. yeah, I'm just letting that run. And then the other one that I have a relatively new position via the deep in the money long calls is Celsius. And I entered Celsius. Celsius, on, really? Yeah, it, it popped up on an institutional scan that I run. So it looked like there was pretty good support. And it looked like it was running up reasonably well. So, yeah, I entered that on the 13th of June. Okay, so wait, what is Celsius Holdings? What do they do? Celsius Holding. Have you, do you guys not have Celsius out there? Is it a drink? That's what it looks like. Beverage, non-alcoholic? Yeah, it's, it's exactly it. It's like an energy drink. Oh, I thought this was a crypto exchange. Negatron. I know Celsius is a coin. Maybe that's why I was confused. Uh, okay. Huh. So what What? What uh, keyed you in on these guys? Uh, yeah, it was really, they just popped up on a scan. Um, mm. And it looked generally interesting to me. I'm looking at their uh, daily chart right now, and there's a couple of days in there with some huge volume spikes on them. Yeah, so and I exactly. Friday. Yeah. Yep. And I think a lot of that is just institutional support coming through. Interesting. Well, what's the trade on that one? Like how walk me through like how you identified it and set it up. Yeah, so I identified it via the scan that I was referencing the just kind of institutional support. Then I took a look at the chart. It looked bullish to me. Mm -hmm. So then I entered with deep in the money long calls for the leverage 200 plus days out. Oh, so more like a leap. Uh, yeah, it's technically leaps are greater than a year out, but yeah, to your point, yeah. it is a longer dated option. And it's, I do that specifically for leverage. It's cheaper mm -hmm. than me buying the underlying. That's why I go in the money and that's why I go far enough out in time, because most of these stocks, if I were to buy and hold them, I wouldn't hold them for a year anyways. Right. So I use options as a way for me to be a bit more efficient about it. And I go deep in the money to minimize state of decay, behaves more like the stock. I enjoy less of the parabolic growth efforts, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, because even because if it continues going up, you're basically getting a one for one moves at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. So how does that like when you like how deep in the money do you go in something like this? Like 50%? Uh, it's essentially following the same protocols that I would for any sort of ratio diagonal strategy mm -hmm. is really what it comes down to so in this case i like to go 80 plus delta in general okay 
Yeah, that's uh, I think isn't that like how Nancy Pelosi puts a lot of her trades in? Like, wasn't she just exercising a bunch of Nvidia and um, was it Microsoft calls that she had? Like, yeah, super I deep mean, in the money. I assume she bought them deep in the money for that reason. It to me, it just seems like it's a good general policy to you know trade things that you know about and are influencing policy on. To me, that <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, but. But using the options instead of buying the underlying is, uh, I thought about that. I understand the concept, but I don't think I've ever tried to actually deploy that. Yeah, it's, to me, it's probably one of the best ways to use options, honestly, especially if you're, if you're a directional trader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And then what you do is you manage, you manage the downside just like you would, you know, typically. Right. You can put stops in place or or whatnot because yeah, it's basically exactly. should trade I, I use, yeah the further in the money you get the closer it should act to the price underlying yeah exactly and, and i typically will trade um support and resistance for my directional plays mm-hmm. and then i'll just slowly ratchet up the stop um uh, you know along the way so yeah i like it i like it um what other earnings we got coming up um i saw one that i was kind of keeping an eye on nike uh is tomorrow after the bell mm-hmm um, I was looking at that one and I just can't decide which way I'd want to try to take this trade. I like the way the volume has been coming up over the last month leading up into this earnings. I like the way that it's kind of broken structure. Finally, we're getting higher highs and higher lows. I kind of would like the, if I wanted to trade this as like an earnings play though, my inclination as I was looking at it was to try and sell like a 30 Delta put, which would line up with somewhere around like one Oh nine, I think. Um, my thesis is bullish, but I don't want to go YOLO on call options because I've, I've seen way too many times where, you know, you get a great earnings report and it just doesn't go that way because that's what everyone's expecting. So another way to try a bullish trade, I thought, would be to, you know, sell puts the way you do and be willing to take on shares if I have to. I think I'd be happy to get shares at, you know, 109 and then I can look to to turn that into the the covered strangle uh, setups that you talked about so much on the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't hate that. Um, Mm -hmm. That wouldn't be my approach specifically into earnings. I very rarely will trade earnings directionally personally. Mm -hmm. So most of what I'm going to be doing is trading things that are volatility based around earnings and if i wanted to trade directionally i would typically wait until the release is done and then to trade the drift one way or the other well i mean isn't that like when you're selling a contract coming into earnings isn't that what you're doing is trying to capitalize on the excess volatility or am i understanding that incorrectly no that's about right but that's why i would trade volatility specifically gotcha so what um what would that entail then like uh uh, short strangle, short straddle, like those kinds of things. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. So you'd have one on the top, one on the bottom, and then just basically hoping it stays within or expecting it to stay within that, um, expected move. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're mostly just trying to trade the collapse and volatility versus a direction. Okay. Well, I mean, I wrote this one out. I wasn't going to trade it, uh, personally, because we've been talking about, you know, you've been giving me homework assignments where I've been trying to learn more about volatility and options. Um, this felt like a good one to, you know, write down in my logbook and watch it and see, because that's one of the things I wanted to look at is 
I want to look and see like what does the options predict for the move and how often does that hit or exceed? Like how often is it within that range and how often is it outside of that range? Yeah, and that's kind of the cool part is you can analyze all the previous moves mm -hmm. and you can kind of create a data set around that exact thing. Yeah, yeah. But I like doing it myself, you know. I want to I want to do a few of them first and then go out and see if somebody else has put together all the data and then go and look and see how those findings result with like what I found. I don't know why, but I feel like also I learn better that. when I do that. Yeah, and I mean, most of my earnings data is my own data set. I think that's absolutely the best way to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I remember you talking at one point about where like you purchased a bunch of data from... Uh, one that's of the more just for general yeah that's more just for general market data actually for earnings i'll go through and i'll take a look at the like i, I have a, an entire archive for all of this stuff i typically trade earnings around mm -hmm. and i'll just reference that realistically oh. so yeah so i track earnings each cycle and i update the data points for the different names that i track so it gives me it gives me exactly that. It gives me a data set. So I'm going to track things like what the front straddle is priced at, what the market maker expected move is comparatively, what's the EPS estimate versus actuals, what's the um, historic volatility compared to implied volatility before the release. Mm -hmm. Same thing for stock price movement before and after the release, like all those kinds of things. So mm -hmm. it allows me to create, you know, parameters around the individual names, which is good but it is also really important to note that earnings are earnings like earnings does whatever earnings wants <laughs> right so you could have something that's moved two percent for the last 30 earnings that moves 20 percent on the next one but right. that's why there's opportunity there Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as sue pullen and i'm pleased to announce that she's back fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as sue mackey Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Well, that's also why you talk about, I mean, you put on a lot of trades during earnings season, right? You don't do one correct. or two, you put on like 20 or 30. And it's the aggregate of all of those where the numbers really start to show their power. Yep, completely agree. And I think that's uh, another key component that I was missing when I first started my journey. I was not thinking about it like a numbers game. It was always, you know, a trade on its own isolated that I always thought about it as. I see. Yeah. Yeah, so I like talking to you. Open my mind to a lot of new things. All right. Well, uh, what else we got to talk about today? I mean, that's mostly what I got going on. Well, if you want to do something a little more fun, uh, I, I've been following the the Activision uh, trial that's been going on, or I guess with Microsoft with FTC. And <laughs> did you know that you can't redact a sensitive document with Sharpie 
and then use a scanner. I know that there would be a pretty unfortunate way to find that out. <laughs> yeah, Sony just figured that out. Uh, a lot what was of the document? it was a document talking about the revenues that they got from Call of Duty. Trying to, they, I guess, they were using it to show how they'd be financially impacted if they were to lose their exclusivity with Call of Duty. Uh, but like some of the numbers on here are freaking staggering. Like in this document, like, it's kind of hard to make out some of these, and but. It, pretty sure it's about 800 million that they're bringing in just from the sales just in 2021 just in the US for Call of Duty uh 1.5 billion globally and then it's somewhere between 14 to 16 billion once you factor in all the accessories and hardware and subscription services and all that jeez yeah Call of Duty is fucking huge and then the sad thing is you know what Activision's cut of that is Mm-mm. Ah, about 10% 10 to 14 yeah, but I mean, I guess like 10 to 14% of a giant number still isn't bad. Yeah, but when you're the one who makes it, like Activision's the one who publishes the game, like other ones who actually like code it, you think they'd get a better share for for all that work. But then again, Activision. I guess if they're getting a cut of like all the hardware and other shit, they're probably not making that stuff. Yeah, the net income for Activision Blizzard in 22 is 1.5 billion. Yeah. You can see why X or, uh, Microsoft wants this company, though. And interestingly, I've been watching the stock price as this court case has been going on, and it looks like people are getting a little more confidence that uh, Activision is going to end up getting acquired. There's still a lot of uncertainty, uh, but I think it was trading. I think it closed around eighty three, eighty four today. Mm. When when we first started talking about it, it was trading like twenty seven, I think, or uh, seventy seven, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's it's so curious dude because it started in the high 70s jumped up to the high 80s jumped down to the high 70s mm-hmm. and now it's trending back up to the mid 80s i mean that's it's kind of cool to see the stock price reflect the current information pertaining to the deal like that's yeah, very fun to me yes yes me too like it's almost like you can see the arguments that are the cross examinations happening in real time with the stock price I think there's one point exactly. where like Sony's data expert was like he created some model to show about how they'd be impacted, but didn't include a bunch of stuff that Activision or Microsoft had done, like the exclusivity deals or the non-exclusivity deals, I should say, with like NVIDIA and uh, Nintendo and those other platforms. Like none of that was factored into his models. And the guy's like, you know, what good is your freaking model if you don't have any of this stuff taken into account? Right. <laughs> So yeah, it's been it's been quite fascinating. I did close out half of those uh, calls that I that I had on there. I got I think just a little bit left that stops at break even. Let's see if uh, this thing goes through or not. Yeah, to see if you can get some runners. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, it's at three x right now. So maybe I'll lock in fifty percent or a hundred percent gain. Just let it run from there. Why not? Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think this thing might actually be happening. It'll be really cool to see how it goes through. That's for sure. Well, in this case is just for getting the injunction in place to like make way for the actual trial or so they can prepare to actually take this to court. But from what I've been reading, it sounds like whoever loses the injunction hearing basically seeds the case in most cases. So this really could, you know, be the, the case that determines whether or not this deal moves forward. It's been a hell of a story for them, man. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of just invested in the the outcome out of sheer curiosity because I know there are like really interesting arguments in both directions. I feel right. 
But I just don't see how Sony can be the one making those claims. Like, you can't have Call of Duty be exclusive to Xbox. We got exclusivity first. <laughs> right. Like, wait, if exclusivity is bad, then why should you have it too then? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Same. But I'm also not a professional arguer, so... I was just going to say it's all beyond my pay grade. That's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. All right, man. Uh, anything else uh, you got uh, before we wrap things up here? No, sir. Anything uh, to watch for next week? I saw you got a nice video posted about think or swim, uh, some tips and tricks. I'm going to make sure we link that one. I've been anything that makes think or swim easier. I'm happy when somebody puts out something showing how to use that interface because it is quite intimidating. Yeah. I really like Thinkorswim, but yeah, I know for a lot of people, and I still loosely remember when I was first looking at it, I totally get that it can seem a little heavy. So yeah, I'm hopeful that it'll be useful. Especially when the first time, like when you're starting out pulling out like a trade ticket on like, you know, uh, um, what's the uh, TD Ameritrade's like website, and then you download this client and then all of a sudden have a DOM again. You're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. Then the idea that you can click a button and be long a thousand shares of something. Like, whoa, whoa, hang on. <laughs> that's that's dangerous. And you can even hotkey them. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yep. I uh, gotta have that nuke button, right? Fast. For all the option scalpers out there and all the money they make. Right. <laughs> all right. Anything else coming up on the docket for you? Anything we should be watching for? Uh from their youtube channel yeah i have a video coming out friday it was a sponsored video by an event contract provider so i had a chance mm-hmm. to like learn about their platform and talk about the different products that they're creating for folks so that'll be out friday and then next week we have we have stuff coming out pretty much every wednesday so um awesome man yeah i don't know what's slated for next week but i think it's specifically options trading related not more more broad okay yeah no that's good um, yeah, let me know when that stuff comes out i'll check it out yeah for sure man. but i think that i think that probably takes us to a good spot to put a pin in this wait so thanks to everyone sticking around to the end thank you eric for stopping by as always again if you want to learn more about how he trades make sure you check out that youtube channel at es invests uh you can check us out at two bulls in china shop.com be back soon with another exciting episode till then Hit that five-star rating if if you can find it through all the Canadian smoke and take care. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.